new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Hey guys, good morning and welcome back to the Success 101 podcast, live episode number 16. Can you believe it? I can't believe 16 it. 16 episodes in from the one of the time we started this thing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and we you know, we took a couple weeks off sometime in, around Christmas and a couple weeks off, a couple weeks back. But you guys wouldn't know that because we stay caught up on our episodes where that we keep true. the goodness coming straight out to you. So, hey, check it out. I finally remembered to bring it in this morning, the Human Charger. Jordan got a dose of the human charger this morning. I tried it this morning. He told me it's not a placebo effect. It gave him a pick-me-up. I said, I don't know if it's a placebo effect. No, you said you feel better than drinking four cups of coffee. <laughs> I heard you. I just said you gave, gave him a pick-me-up. Should it be he gave him a pick-him-up? You know, what's correct yep. there. So, hey, guys, I've got a lot of feedback on this, and it's really awesome. If you guys head over to success101podcast.com forward slash human charger, and when you get over there to check out, enter the code SUCCESS101. You guys are going to get 20% off this thing, and it's awesome. I use it every day. I used it twice yesterday before I came in and after lunch. So if you use it six times a day, do you get like six times the amount of energy? Yeah, you, uh, you probably wouldn't sleep for a month. Okay. No, just kidding. I don't think, I think there's a, I think there's a limiter on it. I think there's a, because it's almost like, I mean, it is the spectrum of the sun. So you think about it, it's like if I went outside and looked in the general direction of the sun to get woken up, if I did that six times, I wouldn't get six times as woken up. Like there's probably a point yeah. where, you know. Law of diminishing. Yeah, or something like that. All right, fair enough. So, uh, man, how's the week going? It's good. Back on my feet and working hard and keeping my head down. How about you? Yeah, same. It's been a super busy week getting ready to go out to the Bahamas, which should be a lot of fun with all the kiddos. We'll see how that experiment goes. Well, we talked about that a little bit last time, but hopefully it goes well. You guys going to Atlantis? We are. That's such a neat idea, you know, like a lost city underground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I always thought that was so cool. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to get out there. Oh, before I forget, one thing that I'm excited to share with you guys. Hang on one second. So this came in yesterday. This is made by a company. If you guys can see this out there, it's called Fluid Stance. Anybody that has a stand-up desk, you have to check out the fluid stance, they call it a deck. So this is a deck. Uh, it looks like kind of like a snowboard, right? But you, oh man, I'm already putting some dents in it with my work shoes. I'm messing up that pretty wood on there. But you basically stand on this. And as you guys can see here, it's got a little bit of a domed bottom right here. And it keeps me moving during the day. It's not really, you know, for me, I didn't get it to really work my core or have a workout or anything like that. Like you could do on it if you're twisting and all that kind of stuff on it. For me, I just noticed that at different points during the day that my, man, I can't hear with this human charger in as well. I noticed at different points during the day that my knees, my back, my hips, if I was on my feet all day long standing up, even though I've got a, a pad, a pretty cushioned pad underneath there, which is the most important thing when you've got a stand-up desk, I still wasn't, you know, wasn't moving, you know, locking my knees out a lot, which my back then wants to start picking up on it. So I'm like kind of bending over, stretching a lot. This thing, I just got it in yesterday, but uh, in the little bit of time that I use it, I can just tell it's going to keep me moving. So super excited. So did you use it all day yesterday? No, I got, I only used it about two hours yesterday because okay. I got it in late in the day, but fluidstance.com. You can also check out their Instagram page and uh, it's really cool. They've got uh, several models over there that you can choose from. So go over there and check this thing out. 
You gotta wonder if that's working on your joints and you know ligaments and muscles, just like the small muscles, you know, because you're moving your ankles and your, yeah. your knees are moving, and I'm sure that's good. What for do you. they call the the connective tissue, the sinew? Oh, it's just working all, right. all that, right? Doctor Jared, I'm gonna wake here. you guys up with a little <laughs> little human. I mean, look how bright that is. That's crazy. That's awesome. What's up, son? Well, good. You want to dive into some meat? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's get the people what they want. Last week we talked um, how to win friends and influence people. And I had mentioned that that title seems just so manipulative. Um, and so I've always steered cleared of that idea in that book. And diving into it, there's a ton of truth in here that some of it, I think that most of us probably already live by without even knowing that we're living it. But if we can really hone in on this, I mean, there's some life-changing stuff in here. So, Well, and to that, I want to say, you know, long ago, there were things in my business whenever I started as a financial advisor, whether it's learning how to talk to clients on the phone in a way that is, you know, uh, more apt or better chances of setting meetings. You know, whenever I was a young advisor, I had a real problem with that because I felt like if I go and study a script or if I go and study these you know, these best practices on making phone calls and etiquette and things like that. It's like, am I manipulating somebody to meet with me because I craft my words in a certain way and I sound a certain way? And I just, I kind of had a problem with that. And I had somebody, you know, really wise and impactful pull me aside and say, hey, there's a big difference between manipulation and persuasion. Mm -hmm. And if you're persuading them to do the right thing because you know it's the right thing and you're convicted by that, and you could apply that to anything in life, right? If you're persuading them versus manipulating them, you should feel good about what you're doing. You yeah. should study whatever you need to study because you know that the end result will be if you can set a meeting with someone and get in front of them and then, you know, work out a plan for them, you know, in our business, add it to, you know, figure out whatever it is for you guys, but work out a plan in your business that's going to be really good for them, then that's more power to you. And so that was, I mean, on a dime, it was a huge mind shift and mind change for me. So same idea. When friends influence people, yes, you said that last week, and I thought, I don't think I said anything about it on the podcast, but I, I, when you said it, I thought, man, that's interesting. I've never thought about it that way, but I could see how people would think that that's kind of a manipulative thing, mm -hmm. but persuasive, I think, is is maybe more how Carnegie yeah. you know, wants people to look at that. Absolutely. So we talked first couple of bullet points, some of the ideas. We're going to talk second half of the book, You know, some of the major ideas that I think really stood out to me. One of the first ones that we may have brushed over is become genuinely interested in other people. So we are all uh, self-preserved, you know, self-preserving human beings. We all want what we want, um, and we're all thinking about our own interests all day long. In today's society, we're taught that that's good. You know, how many Instagram followers do you have? How many Snapchat? Followers? Do you have followers on Snapchat? I'm not sure. Subscribers. What, what is that? Uh, members? I, I don't know. Okay. How big is your is your impact? I call them supporters, Jordan. They're, <laughs> I don't want, you know, they're not following. They're my supporters. Your team. <laughs> That's right. Um, my homies. You know, and so everybody feels like they need to create this brand. And to some degree we do, right? But it's, we grew up in a world where it's all about us. This book talks about, let's flip the script and make it about the person sitting next to you. The dialogue, the conversation. Instead of sitting down and trying to be interesting, uh, sit down with someone and be interested. Right. Yeah. Be interested to be interesting. Not, yeah. Correct. And find out what is what's important to other people. You know. And, and what a huge lesson in business to learn. You know, 
or I'm sorry, what a huge lesson in life to learn just in general, but in business, how much more helpful will that be for your purpose, your cause? What matters to you, not what matters to me. You can find that what matters to someone else, you can help them connect the dots of what they really need or what they really want. Your business is going to be so much more effective. Your personal relationships will be so much more effective. And they are going to know that you care about what they want and they're going to like you better. So become interested in people and you will be interesting as a result. Uh, I don't have a headphone jack on that. (laughs) iPhone 7 fail. Oh, that's awesome. My Facebook app continues to crash. So we're using Jordan's phone. So if the audio quality doesn't sound great, just catch the podcast in about a week on iTunes and we'll sound pretty good. That is hilarious. Yeah. Hashtag iPhone 7 fail. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so the idea is, you know, be interested, don't be interesting. Let the other person talk more than you talk, right? Be a better listener. I feel like so many people struggle with just listening. In our business, to be successful, you have to be a good listener. And in most businesses, you have to be a better listener than a speaker. Yeah. Really impact lives and make change. You just need to know what matters to people. Yeah, I'm reading through a book right now. Uh, have you ever heard the term wrapped, R-A-P-T? No. Apparently, it's a it's common in the old school you know, verbiage, and it's just the idea of just being fully focused and being all in. And um, I'm blanking on the name of the author right now. I should know, but Winifred, somebody, but she got cancer and just totally changed her life. And she wrote this book later in life about what are we focused on? And I mean, that's what made me think about it is she says that in there is so many people fail to just learn how to just quiet the mind and be still, even if, you know, not, not even sitting in silence, but if you're just talking to someone, eye contact, really being engaged, wrapped, being fully focused. And we just struggle so much with that. Do you think that's because we live in a world where we have six screens up at all times? Yeah, it's noise. It's noise. We've talked about it before, just the whole idea of, of minimalism. And I talk about Greg McEwen a lot. Uh, he's been on the Steve Harvey show several times. Uh, go check out, uh, well, I guess you could YouTube it, but go check out uh, gregmcewen.com. And he's got all of the episodes there where he's just trying to show people. He does like essentialism makeovers. That's the name of his book, Essentialism. So we did our podcast. And at the very tail end of it, we both had to hop off immediately for really important meetings. And so I had to call him back and say, hey, we need to finish the last 15 minutes of this. And so we wrapped it up yesterday. And I was just reminded about, you know, him talking about journaling, how I said, you know, write one sentence and do that for a really long time. Yesterday, he talked about the same idea of just getting the noise out of our minds and how in his journaling, he, it's really interesting the way he phrased it. I can't wait for you guys to hear the podcast, but he talked about how we're so busy and we've got so much noise going on in our life that we miss the news of our own lives. Wow. So what he does is every 90 days, he takes those journals. He says, it takes me about 30 days to fill up the type of journal that I write in and just writing down thoughts each day of what's going on. And he said, you know, my main thing is just living a life of essentialism or minimalism or whatever you want to fill in the blank there with. And he said, it's interesting to go every 90 days, I'll go back and just skim through all of my journal entries. And he said, it's amazing how many things I thought were important. You know, you look back even, even two years, three years, five years, whatever. And it's not, you, you don't even think about it anymore, even in that short amount of time. Wow. And so he said, I really want to get good. And I think what he's kind of mastering right now is just looking at the news in his own life, but really holding on to the things that are important, playing a game with his daughter that he mentioned in a journal entry. 
and how he looked at that and it still captivated him is super important, even though it was a couple of years ago, you know, awesome. but every 90 days he'll take those journal entries and he'll go back and look. And he said, my main goal is not to look at all the minute details, whatever. It's to really capture the news that's going on in my life so that I am present in my own life. And we both laughed because it's like, you have to think to be present in your own life. It's yeah. just, it's crazy. It's it nuts. Well, and how many times are we sitting in a meeting and there's someone talking to us or we're talking to them? It's a dialogue, but we have 15 things going on in the back of our brain and we've checked out. It's dangerous. So I think the idea here is be engaged, right? If we're in a conversation, be all in. Find out what's important to that, that other person. Give them all of your attention. Don't give them part of your attention. The next point is smile. This is so elementary, but emotion is contagious, right? And we forget that emotions are contagious. And there is a difference between a, a just half-hearted smile and a genuine smile, you know, ear to ear, where your eyes show a smile, right? But we ought to smile regularly. Friendliness, he talks a lot about just being a friend to people, you know, being genuinely happy. Now, all that's contagious. People want to be around people that are happy. Yeah. That whole idea of smiling, smile with your eyes. My wife taught me that phrase. Really? Well, we start, we, I don't remember what it was in our relationship, but like we would be taking pictures and she's like, she'd look outside the camera and go, smile with your eyes. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. But like immediately I would open up my eyes and smile bigger and then she'd take the picture and I'm like, That's gosh, awesome. what a weird phrase, but I guess it works. But I think it does, you know. I tend to be very serious. Uh, I even remember back whenever I was younger, you know, I'd be really young and my mom, it just kind of stood out to me. I don't know why, but my mom would just kind of look at me in the middle of like fun events or whatever. And she's like, are you having fun? And of course, then I would stop and smile. And I'm like, yeah, I'm having a great time. She's like, you just look so serious all the time. And I think that's just my natural look, but I have to be careful of that. Why? Because now I am running an office. I've got several staff members that I'm in charge of that I'm leading and directing. I've got several financial advisors and I don't want to be the guy that just seems very unapproachable, very focused on my work, but you just look a little bit, you know, on edge all the time. I think it's a huge lesson to learn of just how much more does your presence invite other people in yeah. when you smile? That's awesome. I'd be curious to know, think about the last time someone, a stranger, maybe in Starbucks smiled at you, like a genuine smile, like looked across the room and just smiled. Yeah. At not you. a creepy smile. Not, yeah, not, not in a creepy way, but think about the last time a stranger smiled at you. Did that make you feel good? I mean, did that change your mood at all? You know, and that's a rhetorical question, not for you. I'm just right. throwing that out there. Yeah, I don't know. I keep thinking about the creepy smile, I but I, I totally know what you're getting at there. I yeah, it's impactful. Yeah. Another point is... Well, in, in uh, Tim Ferriss's book, 4-Hour Workweek, I'm going back through that right now. One of the drills, you guys remember that if you've seen the, if you read the book, one of the drills in that book is to stare at someone, not like without blinking or anything, but to stare at someone, not stare, I'm saying that wrong, <laughs> look someone in the eyes for three minutes, either while they're talking or while you're engaged doing something, you know, and if they stop talking, well, you don't want to just sit there and stare at them, but then like yeah. you pick up the conversation, but it's easy to do when you're listening to them. It's easy to look them in the eyes. Some people have to work at it. I know I do sometimes. But when you're talking, a lot of times your brain starts working, eye contact drops, whatever. But he said for three minutes, you've got to stay focused. And he said, the more you do those three minute drills, then it becomes almost a habit. And then you're good at it. I tell so many advisors that here that I work with and my private coaching clients, you know, the first thing that I talk about in presentation with them 
and because it just stands out so it's so obvious i just you know one of the big feedback items number one a lot of times on the list is your eye contact was horrible and they're like i didn't even realize i wasn't looking at you and i'm like right we got to work at it though yeah so it's a it's a big deal that's awesome next one talks about the name what's the most powerful word in the universe a person's name to them so it is so impactful just to call someone by their name I remember oh, that's true. being married to my wife for like two and a half years. And usually I'd give her a nickname. But one day I said, Hayes, can you pass me that salt or whatever it was? I mean, it was just kind of, I used her, her full name and I just, it was a sentence about, you know, something constructional. And she says, I love it when you say my name. My wife used to tell me the same thing. It's like, maybe it's a female thing. I don't know. No, it's, I mean, it's a human. Right into us, ladies. Tell us. (laughs) We love the sound of our own name. It's, it's the sweetest sound to our, our own ears. Yeah. Um, and so when you're engaging, my mom used to yell it when I was getting in trouble. That's, that was usually (laughs) my experience. It's the only time she would use my full name, you know, when I was doing something wrong. So is it Jared Linden? Jared Scott. Okay. You know, so I'd encourage use other people's names. I think our good friend, Willis Cooley. He does a great job with this. And I always notice it. He's always like, uh, you know, Rogen? Jordan. Yeah, Seth Rogen. <laughs> he says, you know, Jordan, I'm really working hard on X. Or, Jordan, I really enjoyed our conversation last week or whatever it is. And I'm like, I wonder if that's intentional. But regardless of whether it's intentional, it's, it's impactful to me, you know? Yeah. So when you're engaging people, I think nicknames are great. Pet names are awesome. But nothing is as powerful as somebody's full name that's great yeah and you know especially in a in a professional setting if someone that you if an influencer in your life someone you really look up to or admire respect or whatever you know the more they use your name you know i know when i'm working with clients that's a big deal i don't want them to just think ever ever that they're just you know a number you know i want them to know that they're a name they're you know and so using that name over and over again not manipulative but persuasive to let them know that your relationship means a lot to me. Therefore, I will call you by name when I'm going through business meetings or business settings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thus make other people feel important. Yeah. Right. But do it sincerely. Do it genuinely. I mean, so much of this book is just about being genuine. It is about. Could you imagine if more, people? more people just were genuine every day? You know, not that they even intend not to be genuine. Yeah. We just get caught up in everything else. But if we were truly genuine every day how much more influence we would all have on the people around us and vice versa Mm -hmm. that's so true i think um you know you could take all the ideas from this book and you could use it to your own advantage and be manipulative you know and and not be genuine but you're not going to live a rich life if you can just be humble if you can care about people and care more about what other people want you know and, and care about than what you care about You'll have success, but you'll be fulfilled because it won't be manipulative. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a ton more in this book. I think, you know, some of, some neat things are taking the word but out of the vocabulary, replacing that word with and uh, when you're making oh, I corrections. About that I forgot about that part. That's a really yeah. neat deal, don't you think? Like, and, and something that we don't think about. That's what I loved about this book is it just helped me back when I read it. I need to revisit it. There's certain things you're drawing out here that I'm like, oh man, I totally forgot, you know, about mm-hmm. that. But just things that, Underline, you know, under the surface, if you just mention them, may not sound like really big things, but the way he goes into the wisdom behind it really makes you stop and think, like, "Wow, man, I would have never thought about that had it not been had it not been drawn out in, in the book." Yeah. Well, think about it this way: you have a, an employee of yours, and you say, 
Hey, Johnny, I really like that presentation you put together. But if you had added in these summary pages, it would have been more effective, right? Yeah. He's going to shut down and say, well, the reason why I didn't add in those summary pages is because it was going to hinder the message that I was trying to convey, right? And so he'll justify why he did what he did and why you're wrong. However, yeah. if you had said, hey, Johnny, I really like the presentation that you put together. I could see that you worked really hard on it. And if next time you add in these summary points, I think the message will be, I think it'll be received even more efficiently or more effectively. He goes, that's an interesting point. I'll consider that. Because now it is not, you did good, but you could have done great. It is, you did great. And here's some ideas to add to your greatness. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's an old school wisdom that just applies year after year in our, in our lives. Yeah. That's why so many of these books that we've been talking about lately, just, you know, people get them and read them and they're like, that's a great book. And then they just collect dust on the shelves, yeah. you know? So it's, it's interesting. Another book that I'm uh, reading now that I'll probably, you know, save maybe a little bit more for next time for the, the sake of time. I talked last week about the book written back in the sixties, I believe called the magic of thinking big. Yep. And so I just want to stay on this kick of thinking big because the idea there is not just, you know, it's not just some fad. It's not, you know, thinking big is something that we will need to carry through for the rest of our lives and things, you know, something that we just don't, I think, do super well. Yeah. Right. But there's also another author out there named Barry Schwartz. If you read any of his stuff, he's got several books out that are just great. And a lot of it is just about helping us think, you know, helping us think bigger, helping us really stop. A lot of the things you're talking about here, helping us really stop and focus on the things that matter the most. But he's got a book out called The Paradox of Choice, which is uh, just an awesome, awesome book. Would you say that choice is, choices in our lives are good? Are they good? Yeah. Would you say having choices is good? I think to the degree that, yes, I say yes. You can tell I'm baiting yeah. you for a question. Yeah, I'm setting sure. you up here, right? Yeah. So the idea is, you know, and, and as you guys go through this book, you're going to learn just about all the research findings that they did. They uh, interviewed a lot of psychologists, economics, people that, you know, really study their focus in economics, marketing researchers, scientists, all these people get uh, this research pulled from them and interviews and things like that in the book. And one of his big points that I'll probably leave you guys with here today is that when it comes to choice, there is a limit to where then we start becoming detrimental. Mm. It becomes noise, as we just mentioned there. Um, and so he's convinced, and it's really interesting, interesting the way he lays it out in the book, but he's convinced that we would all be better off if we, you know, embrace the constraints on our freedom of choice as far as what's good for us and what's not, which is something most people don't think about. Yeah. Most people walk around saying, I want choices. The more choices, the better. That way I'm free to choose. I'm not confined. I don't miss out on things, you know, fear of missing out. I don't miss out on certain things. And instead of rebelling against being constricted to less choices that are good for you, of course, not, not just choices that are bad for you. But if we would embrace that, we would cut down a lot of the noise yeah. in our life. I agree Man, wholeheartedly I with that. Oh, my voice is so going out this morning, but you know, he also says, you know, in the book that we'd be better off seeking what was good enough instead of seeking the best all the time. Because when you seek the best, then it's never enough. It's always the next hottest thing. It's always the next iPhone that doesn't even have a headphone jack <laughs> in it, apparently. But, you know, it's always the next thing, right? And so if we could just embrace the idea of limited choices 
and focus on really what matters, getting down to the deep work, the focus, the wrapped that I talked about a second ago, which is an awesome book that I hope to bring out to you guys, we would just be so much better off because we would be focused. We would be more present. We would be more, you know, in the moment. Again, I, I think that phrase, seeking good enough, a lot of people would look at that as a negative phrase. Yep. But seeking good enough is really looking at what satisfies us for what we need to do to mm -hmm. accomplish or to thrive or to be fulfilled and then resting in that. Yeah. Not seeking what's good enough and then going, oh, okay, what's the next thing that I'm going to be after, right? He talks a lot about lowering expectations in this book and the results of our decisions. So it goes against really a lot of cultural norms, which I love books like that, which, you know, and really kind of goes against <clears throat> some a lot of the things that we talk about. Right. Well, it, it does. And, and, you know, maybe, surface level. Yeah. But so much of the underlying message is so much of what we talk about, yeah. just in the sense of being focused, being in the moment, being prepared for what it is that you're going after and staying, staying with it, sticking with it till the end, being ready. But that idea, if you start reading a lot of stuff about lowering your expectations, you know, a lot of people are going to raise some eyebrows and go, man, what is this all about? Uh, but I really encourage you guys to, to pick up the book, The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. I'm going to pick up on this next time again for sake of time. But the last thing that I'll say here is that he goes into this really deep section about we would all be better off if we focused a lot less or not at all about what other people are doing. Mm. There's a book out there. Gosh, I hope I don't butcher it. Uh, but Sonia Lubomirsky, which is a, a professor, and I can't remember where she is. I hate when I think of stuff and I can't like give it the reference that it's due but basically, she's got a book on happiness out there. I'll get you guys the reference on this. But she says the person who is genuinely happy never focuses or cares about what everyone else is doing in the sense of the chase. Mm. Why? Because when you're fulfilled and you're happy and you're resting in that with whatever it is that you've got going on, you're not always looking at the Joneses to what they're doing or seeking someone else's approval or trying to get the next biggest and greatest thing. And so anyway, all that to say, guys, I'll spend more time on it this next podcast next week. But the paradox of choice just says if we can take all of the choices in our life, which I, you know, I really equate to noise. If we can take all of that noise, all the choices in our life, have more of an attitude of gratitude, like you've talked about before and how powerful that is, how scientific that is. Keeping a notebook at your bedside and every morning or every evening writing down the three to five things that you are most grateful for that you know Either you didn't come up with in your own life, you had help getting there, or people who have supported you, you know, that's a, a huge thing. And a lot of times people feel like that's maybe silly or they don't need to do that or they're not motivated to do that, you know, but the truth is, and I'll keep hammering you guys on this until, you know, and, and until people stop writing in saying that's working for them. Because every time I mention something about journaling, gratitude, any of that, I get so many comments from people saying, what a simple phrase, but I was reminded I need to do that more. So keep writing in guys, because it just helps me to know that you're hearing that out there. But Jordan, we may think, and you guys listening out there, we may think that we can just tell ourselves that, you know, starting tomorrow, I'll be super grateful. I'll take on an attitude of being super grateful, but that's just not the way it works. That's not the way our brains work. It's not the way society works. We've got to make a systematic habit of putting this into our life. We've got to have a gratitude, daily habit of gratitude, where we're strengthening our ability to see all the amazing things that are going on around us. And I think then our choices are going to narrow. We're going to lower our expectations on what is enough and we're going to rest and we're going to settle in, you know, again, this life of minimalism or essentialism and not compare ourselves to so many other people 
I mean, our society has just become a rat race of comparison and yeah. chase. And that's not good. I mean, we were not designed to live this way. Business was really not set up to be this way. And I think we would be a lot better off taking on an attitude of gratitude for what we have, realizing that what we have around us is more than enough for what we need, and really narrowing our choices down to stay more focused on, um, on the things that matter. I agree. I got a real life example of that. I spend a lot of time horse trading. I mean, I'm always like trying to find deals. Wait, what did you just say? Selling stuff. Horse, horse trading. Okay. I don't have any horses, right? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always looking for deals. What, you know? what else are you hiding from me? <laughs> <laughs> so my latest horse trading expose, I guess, is golf clubs. I bought some golf clubs, sold some golf clubs, bought some golf clubs. And I'm always, you know, trying to find the best for the money. Sure. Right? We all are. And I realized a couple weeks back that I'm not very good at golf. Like... <laughs> I just started playing. Says the guy looking for all the golf year. clubs online. I'm just not that good. Like, I love it now. I hated it a year ago. I've got the fever, if you will. And about two, three weeks ago, it just hit me that I need to learn how to swing a stick. And I need to be grateful for the sticks that I have. And just learn how to be a good golfer. And the difference in the newest clubs versus the clubs that are in my bag is such a small difference. That's not going to make me a better player. What's going to make me a better player is to get out on the course or out in the driving range, take some more lessons and just swing the sticks that I have. Right. So being grateful for what I have, learning the craft, you know, being satisfied and not saying, well, there's other options out there. Right. I don't need more choices as far as gear to buy. Yeah. I just I need to be grateful for the, the gear that I have. Yeah. It goes back to what we've mentioned several times in the last few weeks about we don't need more info in front of us or more knowledge to take a step forward and move we've into action. action. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always mention Tal Ben Shahar when I talk about a five minute takeoff, just getting into action and things like that. I got an email just yesterday from somebody that made an introduction by email to Tal Ben Shahar. So I'm going to have him on the podcast. Nice. It's going to be super exciting. So I just, that just popped up out of the blue yesterday. So I'm really excited about that. But guys, we just, uh, you know, we hope you're taking all this to heart. We've said it over and over. This is a lot of fun for us to do. It makes us better people, better leaders, hopefully better husbands, fathers. I don't know what I would be doing each week if I didn't do the podcast. I thought about that actually this morning. It popped in my mind. Like if I wasn't getting up super early to come up here and do this podcast, what would I be doing? Well, probably groggy and, you know, just coming into work at whatever time. And, you know, so gives a lot of energy. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that, you know, there's a purpose behind it. Uh, I know you're a guy that seeks fulfillment in everything you do. You don't want to just waste time for whatever, you know. Yep. I don't want to work for free, but I'll do a lot of things for free if there's psychological, emotional, intrinsic, you know, other types, non-currency value behind it. And so our hope for you guys is that you're taking anything that comes out of these podcast messages and really downloading it into your life and, uh, you know, really learning from a lot of the stuff that we've made mistakes on or that we've learned from and we've read to where it's a, a huge source of knowledge for you guys out there. And I tell that too, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, talk about, or I talk a lot about the coaching that I do. And so there's been people writing in saying, I want to get some time with you or one-on-one -on -one consultation and just send us both comments. We want to hear from you guys about what you're looking for out there, what you want to hear. If there's books that you want us to review, if there's guests that you have, you know, direct contacts to that you can help me get on the podcast, if there's just topics that you want us to discuss, you know, we're here for you. We don't record this stuff and then just sit around and listen to it ourselves. We're here for you and we want you guys to get as much as you can out of this. So I'm Jared Warren. He's Jordan Earls, the horse trader. Uh, <laughs> we want you guys to have an awesome week. 
and keep writing into us because it's a ton of fun to hear from you and what you're taking away from all of this. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.